Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Here to There with Carolyn Picata. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on Here to There, where we explore how we can move some, from some aspect of our present reality to the preferred future that unleashes what God has for us. So in today's program, we're going to focus on a topic that has gained greater urgency in this COVID-19 restricted environment, online training for group leaders. Whether they're new leaders or ongoing leaders, they need to be equipped and empowered, which typically happens in large part, at least in the past, through leader trainings. So we, with so many of our churches still unable to host large gatherings in person, creating a robust and effective online training is both a necessity and probably the best strategy in this strange season that um, we are in. So if you, even if you are in a country or a state that's not been as affected by this pandemic and can still meet physically and host large group trainings, you still have to deal with the challenges of busy schedules, vacations, illnesses, and other issues that make it harder and harder to gather all your leaders at the same time in one place. So online training may be a great option to offer alongside your in-person trainings. So I have to confess that I picked this topic for really selfish motives because I needed it. For the past few years, I kept thinking, oh, I probably should film some videos, put some resources together and create an online training system for my church. And every time I saw an online training model on a church's website, I had this fleeting thought, oh, yeah, I got to get to that. I should do that. But of course, I never got around to it because it seemed like a big, daunting project. And of course, there was so much other stuff to do. Um, so, and I also really loved our online, our regular uh, in-person gatherings. Um, people really enjoyed it. They were so good. And I just loved the energy of those times. So I just didn't have a whole lot of urgency to creating an online model. But, well, I'm in California and we probably won't be gathering in large groups in person for months to come. So if necessity is a mother invention, it is beyond high time for me to figure this out and to create an effective online training for both our new and experienced leaders. So if you're like me and you've been putting this off, um, I know this podcast will be helpful in getting you started. If you already have an online training program or you've taken some steps towards it, but it's not as effective as you wish it could be, hopefully you'll pick up some nuggets as well to improve your system. So for this conversation, I invited one of my favorite people in small groups ministry world and a popular repeat guest on Group Talk, Will Johnston. Will, thanks so much for being on the program again. Hey, Carolyn, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it last time. Yeah, so last time, okay, la- summer actually was around <laughs> the same uh, same time. We had the best time examining and largely debunking the 10 common assumptions of small groups ministry. And you know, by God's grace, I think we still have friends in the ministry world. Fewer, but yes, we still have them. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I... I really actually appreciate that about you, Will, that you don't have a lot of sacred cows and that you're willing to put stuff to the test and just adopt models um, just based on what works best. And so if you are interested in that conversation, you can find it both parts one and two on our website and small group network or under iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And it's around July or August of 2019. So let me tell you a little bit about Will. He is from the Chicago area, and after graduating from Wheaton College with a degree in theology, he moved to Washington, D.C. and started working on Capitol Hill for a while. 
He then joined the team at National Community Church, where he served as a small group pastor, and he's now the adult ministry pastor at Eastside Christian Church in Anaheim, California, where he oversees small groups along with a few other. <laughs> he keeps an ever-expanding list of other ministries. <laughs> So, well, um, for our purposes today, though, I know he's been creating and implementing online trainings for his churches for years. I remember talking to him about that, um, gosh, many years back, and he's got a lot of experience about what to do, maybe also what not to do when it comes to this topic. So, maybe we start there. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience with online training. I know you were an earlier adopter at NCC in D.C., um, and also at your current church, and maybe some pros and cons of online training in general. Yeah, sure. Um, so when I was at National Community Church in D.C., um, we kept growing our number of campuses, uh, but we actually rented all of our facilities except for one of them. And so we'd host these centralized trainings, uh, and it just got harder and harder to have everybody keep driving further and further in from right. places out around the city. Uh, and so kind of out of necessity, we moved our new small group leader training online. And we kind of just took the like two and a half, three hour experience that we had in person and we made it a two and a half to three hour uh, <laughs> online experience. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we adjusted some things, but we kind of just took what we were doing and, and moved it, you know, made, made a few updates and whatever. But um, certainly so you just recorded yourself. You just recorded yourself doing the training. Well, so we actually did. We did a lot of cool video stuff with like motion graphics and animations oh, wow. and all kinds of neat stuff to, to like make it more engaging. Um, and there was some question and answer, some written feedback that people, you know, we'd ask people for mm -hmm. and all that. Um, but it, it was good. It was it was engaging, but it was obviously a little long. Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, so have have kind of have kind of adjusted the way uh, the way that I've done it in in the years since that was gosh a decade ago now uh, I will say you know online training didn't replace in person training completely for mm -hmm. uh, you know we had a, a database of trainings that like were kind of on demand and people could use um, but we also did like leadership gatherings four times a year for that kind of relational connection um, and for more generalized leadership training they were for kind of leaders across our entire church about half of those were group leaders. Um, but for the real specific nuts and bolts stuff, we primarily moved that online. Uh, and then when I came to, came to Eastside, um, some of you guys might be familiar with, uh, growth track, which is kind of a four week assimilation class that a lot of the art churches do. Uh, we have something similar. And so in the week in that on volunteering, um, you know, there was an opportunity to uh, be trained as a small group leader to make that kind of your volunteer opportunity. Mm. Uh, but again, we were multi-site um, and like most small group staff, like limited number of people. It's not like every single location <laughs> has a, a full time or even a part time right. groups person. Um, and so I could only be in one place at one time. So I had to I had to video the training so that I could deliver it to those other campuses anyway. So once the videos were created, it was kind of like, well, why don't I go ahead and offer this as with online as an option um, so people who mm -hmm. want to engage with it that way can do it. And what's been like the feedback on the pros and cons from the perspective of the leaders? Yeah, I mean, I think some people really like, you know, the ability to just do it kind of whenever they can in their pajamas so at demand. midnight. Yeah, the fact that it's it's on demand and they can just they can just jump into it. Um, you know, that's obviously that's obviously a big one. Um, this, this is not necessarily for like new leader training, but when you're thinking about like kind of ongoing training and development, um, it's available when needed. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really care about how to deal with that person that talks too much until you get the person who talks <laughs> yes. too much. So <laughs> if I train you on that in, you know, my leadership gathering in April and like, right. I don't really have that problem. All the people in my group are great. And a year later you get somebody like, you weren't paying attention. You don't really remember that because right. it wasn't a, a need or an issue you were facing. Um, the truth is, you know, our leaders are all already getting training online because anytime any mm. of us have a question about anything in life, our answer is, well, let me Google that. Well, let me look up and oh, see if there's a so YouTube true. video about that. And yeah. so, yeah. So it's like, the question is not whether or not your leaders are going to be trained online. It's whether or not you're going to train them online or somebody mm. else's, um, that's such an excellent point. Yeah, especially in the last, uh, this year, I think people are much more used to that. Did you notice a difference, Will, with like younger leaders versus older leaders or new versus experienced? Did you see like, was there more reluctance or more buy-in from one demographic over another? Um, not in a significant way. You know, probably a well, little good. bit more that's buy-in. That's good news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, probably a little bit more buy-in from, from younger folks. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, I mean, I do most, uh, most of when I do online training, it's primarily for that new leader training. Um, mm-hmm. and so you kind of, you kind of have to do it in order to become a small group leader, uh, at, at East side. And so like, even if you're a little bit older, like you just go ahead and do it. But I've also, I've tried to make it very simple. Like it's not, there's not some complicated login process or something. Is you it two and a half hours still? Uh, no, no, it's been slimmed <laughs> down. Um, it's about 50 minutes now. And that's, uh, it's primarily video wow. and you're watching videos. Um, it, there's also some questions and stuff that you're asked to give kind of feedback mm. and, and help you process things and all that. Um, but no, we, we've kind of taken it. I, I, that new leader training, I've tried to reduce it to like, what is it that somebody needs to know to be successful in their first couple of weeks of leading a group? Uh, and then also just like kind of the vision of what we're doing. Um, right. So getting rid of all the other stuff that's great to know. And if you, you know, if you encounter this, here's what you do. And really just what do you really need? And making sure you understand our vision and values. That's a great point. I think there is pl- probably places to cut. Um, I remember we created a leadership manual, you know, in written form because I'm so old school and it was like 65 pages. <laughs> okay. Granted, there were graphics and there was white yeah. space, and but it was long. Um, and then I, last year I, I slimmed it down and went on a diet and trimmed it back to just a mere 35 pages, <laughs> <laughs> which still is long, but it's, uh, but it's not like the, as much just in time. I, I think it's wise to kind of start with smaller because you can always build on that. Um, and we'll dig more deeply uh, later about what specific topics to cover. Um, but let's go back kind of the bigger picture. You mentioned that um, in our culture, people are already learning online. Um, so I know people learn from YouTube and other places. So what's your opinion or your thoughts around, you know, is it worth the time and energy and stress of creating in-house um training just for your church or is it better to buy it off the shelf or you know if you even if you just google youtube and say you google uh, one of our other group talk hosts a uh, bill search for example there's he's an awesome um, trainer and he's got so many like five minute videos on these various topics mm-hmm. as an example or steve or you know actually i looked at yours i might just <laughs> plop yours into into my leader training but like what's uh, you know, what do you think about doing in-house customized versus, um, kind of out there and what's out off the shelf? 
You know, I think one of the biggest services you can provide to your leaders is to kind of curate that content for them um, and to find the stuff that is is really good and create kind of your own list or database or web page with whatever um, so that when they have a question, they can go there or maybe you provide it to your coaches. So when your coaches get a question, they can send, mm-hmm. you know, your leaders a, a link to some kind of resource. Um so yeah, I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel, right? If Bill Search has a great training video on something, just embed bills in your webpage and and move on. <laughs> don't don't spend three hours writing something and filming it and editing it and whatever. Um, at the same time, especially if you're talking about like that new leader training, right? You want to cast some vision for groups at your church, how you do them, why you do them that way. You want people to kind of hear your voice as the leader of that ministry mm-hmm. or your lead pastor's right. voice as the leader of the church or both. Um, so yeah, I, I think you can mix in content from other places, but at least in terms of that new leader training, like I don't know that I would ever just totally grab something and adopt it without at least adding some content that was me talking about, here's why I love groups. Here's why I do what I do. Here's why the church does them this way. Here's what we're all about. Yeah. So the personal touch, I I think you're right. That matters. Gosh, it's the hard part though, because the insecurity comes up and (laughs) I'd much rather, you know, watch an expert on video than um, try to create something like that. But I think, or the feedback we've gotten over time when we have done stuff um, that I kind of wince at, but our volunteers really do like that personal touch. Mm -hmm. They seem to really feel connected and Mm -hmm. and that's worth a lot in terms of volunteer engagement. Um, And so I think just as an encouragement to our listeners, if you're like me and you hate video, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it's a necessity of life that people are pretty forgiving. Um, and they just love that they seen you and they know you and they're already giving you a lot of grace because of that anyway. So it's worth doing, especially I, I love that distinction. Well, maybe for the problem solving task, like the, you know, talker or yeah. the whatever you can use an expert, um, that's just, you know, on YouTube, but for, um, the vision stuff, and for stuff that's related to your own church stuff, that that would be good to do. Um, and that's a good place to start, maybe, if you're a newbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, I, you know, I think when you think about creating your own content, like, it's really important not to let, like, the production value or something getting get in the way of you just doing it, right? Like, it's great. When I was, like I said, when I was at National Community Church, we had these great produced videos, and they were all fancy and everything else. I, at Eastside, honestly, I've just, it's just me talking basically like, and it's, you know, and it's, it's a little, it's a little bit more well done. Like it's a professional camera and whatever, but I've also done just kind of updates for leaders and, you know, some kind of brief, just on-demand training stuff where it's just like, here's me in front of my webcam or me in front of my iPhone. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. talk for a few minutes about this. And, and there it is. It's not always super fancy, you know, whatever. So it's really just delivering the content um, through your voice and your yeah, presence. Exactly. Exactly. And so you think just a basic laptop or basic iPhone uh, for those short update kind of thing, you think that's that works okay? Yeah, it's good. I mean, half the time, honestly, people are watching them on their phones anyway. Like, True. it's not like they're, True. you know, streaming it on a 70-inch TV most of the time. So <laughs> That's yeah. a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good enough for a Zoom call, like, it's probably good enough for a, a, a quick update training video. If it's a, if it's a staple thing you're going to use all the time, like, it's probably worth investing a few more resources into mm-hmm. it if you can. Um, but if if not, even still, like, it's fine. People are People are used to just watching kind of whatever it is. That's true. And actually, um, I've recorded a few things on Zoom and used a video. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quality is is fine. Yeah. And the sound quality actually is a little better 
than if I was just doing it on my phone. So that's mm -hmm. most people seem to now have, you know, those accounts. So that might help, but thank you for that. Setting us free from the production <laughs> perfectionism uh -huh. of that. Um, okay. Let's talk about kind of the, uh, interactive versus static availability. Um, so like on demand versus live, Sure. Um, what's your experience been with that? Okay, so let me actually jump back. What I didn't talk about was the cons of online training. So just real quick, um, there's a lack of a relational connection. Obviously, it's just somebody yes. watching a video, um, especially when you think about like a new leader training, like I'm not interacting with that person. Now they're just sitting behind a screen. So they don't get to know me and I don't get right. to know them. Um, there's, you know, as the as the trainer or the teacher or the leader, there's a lack of feedback on whether or not it resonates when I'm standing in front of 100 small group leaders or 10 small group right. leaders or whatever it is. I'm like reading the room and like, oh, this yes. is not going well. I need to adjust or, you know, this is just kind of like, oh, it's out here. I hope people like it. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is, you know, when you're talking, especially about on-demand training, like it's hard to train on important topics that aren't felt needs. So like the value mm. of discipleship, right? Like most people are not like, let me go find a training video on the value of discipleship. If I've got my leaders in a room and I've gotten them there because I'm feeding mm -hmm. them, I've gotten them there because they like the relational yes. connection. <laughs> I, you know, one of, one of our last ones we did before, you know, we had to shut everything down uh, in person. We did like, we had like a cover band um, come and play a couple wow. of like queen cover songs just because it was fun and, you know, want to make it a fun environment. Um, and then I can talk about stuff that's not like the burning mm -hmm. question that people have of the things I think they really need to know. So that, that's some of the, the downsides of online. So when you're talking about like Zoom and kind of an interactive format versus, you know, an on-demand format, obviously you get some of the relational connection back. I mean, I'm a yeah. firm believer that physical presence is important. So I, I think there is still something lost, but, but you get a lot more relational connection. Obviously um, you're getting some feedback, right? Like you're getting to, you're getting mm -hmm. to kind of watch people and see if they're engaging or they look like they're over checking their email or watching some <laughs> other video and only half paying attention to you. Um, so I think that's, you know, th there's, there's really some, some benefit to it. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've used that in a couple of ways. Um, so we have, we have like a leadership pipeline, um, where we do like these five trainings to take people from kind of one level in our organization to another in terms of leadership. Um, and so those typically meet in like a small group format. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. since COVID, we haven't been able to do that. And we, we can some now with some in-person stuff, right. um, but still a lot of folks aren't, you know, wanting to get together for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, and so we've been using them for, for those groups and it's been pretty successful. Um, the benefit of that is also like we've got some campuses that are a little bit smaller and mm -hmm. the may not have critical mass to run one of those groups there all the time. Uh, but one or two people from another campus can just jump in with folks from other campuses. So it's not, um, you know, it's not having to run them physically, you know, separated right. and, and trying to kind of limiting, uh, who can participate in that way. Um, we used it, we, you know, we did a kind of a, uh, really a training, even more of a conversation on, um, whether or not groups wanted to meet in person and some of the mm -hmm. guidelines we put in place about that. Um, so kind of a, a little bit more of a sensitive topic where people are, you know, have questions and concerns and, yeah. you know, so gave them the opportunity to talk about what they were thinking and how they were feeling and the stuff they were wrestling with. Um, so it was pretty, pretty successful. We had, I don't know, 35 people or something show up for that. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, maybe a third of what we get at an in-person training, but it was also a pretty niche thing of like, 
if you have questions and if your group is considering meeting in person, this would be a good thing. So, right. And that totally makes sense because that one, you really do need the interaction and it's helpful for them to hear each other about Mm -hmm. what they're thinking. So they don't feel so alone about their fears around it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'm hearing you saying is it's really more topic dependent um, cause some things, you know, vision for small groups, generally, you could probably deliver that in a video that yeah. is not going to change year to year or anything, yeah. but something that's more of a, um, sensitive topic, as you mentioned, or where you want some relational buy-in is better to do maybe live on zoom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think for us, you know, one of the things moving forward, we, we've always streamed our services online for the last, I don't know how mm-hmm. many years, um, but we've not really had an online campus. Uh, and that will change. Like we're, we're planning to continue yeah. that. And so one of the things I'm gonna have to figure out even is like, what is delivering training to those people who are a part of the online campus that are small group leaders at that campus look like? Um, because a lot of our trainings are built around conversation. You know, we, yeah. we do a 25 yeah. minute training, but then we have half hour or so for people to just talk and discuss and kind of work through the stuff we were talking about. So We'll probably use something like Zoom to facilitate that. Yeah. You know, there's some topics like um, listening skills, for example, that I've typically done where, you know, you turn to the person, you actually practice Mm -hmm. it, which is always so fun, but also much more engaging and it sticks with them better. Mm -hmm. I I don't think talking about the five ways to listen better on a video is going to have the same impact. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so maybe doing like Zoom with breakouts where you pair people up. I just feel like with these tools, I just have to be creative with it and yeah. adaptive and figure out what is the best tool for that particular topic. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Which is which is harder. All right, so that actually leads us to our next piece of what are some good questions then to ask ourselves as we develop kind of these hybrid type of models? Like, obviously, the question I just asked is, you know, what's the content you want to mm-hmm. train on and then develop, figure out the best medium for that? But what are some other things that, like, um, you think are really good questions to ask ourselves if we're developing it for the first time or we're looking at it with fresh eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the first question is obviously like, what do you want to train on? Like what, what topic or topics do you, do you want to discuss with your leaders? What do you think? Childcare. That's really what I want to train on. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to be a guest on the podcast anymore. I'll see you later. <laughs> we always joke about that one because that's like the number one asked question, but it's so not exciting to talk about, <laughs> but it's necessary. So that's probably a video one because it's necessary, but not super exciting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you do five minutes on here's three different options for childcare right. for your small group and how to do it. And boom, it's done. And it's unless somebody comes up with some grand idea of how to do it differently, <laughs> it's not going to change very often. Right. You know, yeah, you can do a new video if you do have some, you know, light bulb that comes on. You should also email me the answer to that. <laughs> and everyone else in small group. Now. <laughs> That's right. Post it in the Facebook group, please, because the rest of us need to know. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, what do you want to train on? And so I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but for, like for an initial training, I'm really looking at like vision and kind of key principles for our groups. Um, and then what what is the stuff that somebody needs to get started? And so those are the mm-hmm. topics that I'm hitting uh, in a new leader training. And then Kind of on an ongoing basis, honestly, I would start with just the question you get most often from leaders. Uh, wh- oh, okay. What's the biggest felony? So, right, so you may not produce thirty-five on-demand trainings all at one time, <laughs> but like you've got your leaders, just they always ask you about 
childcare. And so you create the video on childcare. They always ask you about, you know, should our group be open or closed? And so you do a five minute training on whether a group should be open or closed and why and what the pros and cons are. And just, just start with the things that are most, you know, most asked. So let me ask you this. Um, Well, so, okay. I just say top five things that um, you would say if we've never done online training, top five things for new leaders, um, topics. Okay. So um, for new leaders, I would talk about like, what's the vision of groups? Like I said, I mean, that's just like, mm-hmm. like, how right. do we do groups? Why do we do them that way? What are our models? Like, you don't need to get super nerdy down in the weeds like you do with other small <laughs> groups folks at the lobby or, you know, an accelerate right. conference or something. But like, what, like, why, you know, why do you do them that way? So we do free market groups. And so we need to help people understand it's not just go play basketball. Like there's a purpose behind why you're going to play mm-hmm. basketball. And there's things that you're doing there to make that an intentional activity. And it is fun, but it's not just fun. There's some other components right. to it. Um, you know, if you're talking about a new leader, like what is the role of a small group leader, mm. right? Like, like kind of, again, philosophically, like what, what does it look like? I mean, I talk about how our small group leaders are the frontline pastors of our church. They're yeah. the folks that yeah. are providing care and, and spiritual investment in people. Um, as well as just like practically, what are some of the expectations, but whether those are your sort of organizational expectations of you need to come to these meetings or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just kind of the, or the nuts and bolts of like, Hey, if you're a leader, you're probably going to need to like open your home unless you have somebody else that can do just some of the real practical stuff. Yeah. Um, and especially now they could talk about the, you know, doing it online. Maybe, right. maybe you do one on how to lead a group online and then, cause that's different than how to lead physically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, again, kind of facilitating for the first few weeks, like, so talking mm-hmm. about kind of the, the stuff about, you know, how do you get people interested? And again, that's going to be different based on your models, right. but like, how right. do you communicate with those people effectively? Right. Cause like, oh, I sent them an email when they first inquired about the group three weeks ago and then they didn't show <laughs> yes. up. Well, no, they didn't. You probably needed to like follow up with another email two weeks later and then text right. them the day before, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. So just the real practical. Uh, and then one thing that I always try to, um, put into like my new leader training is just the importance of discipleship and leadership development Mm -hmm. as part of being a leader. Like for me, that's such a key principle that even though it's not, you know, it's not like, Hey, you could, yeah, you can lead group for four weeks without getting that. Like, I just want to establish that early. Like this is a responsibility of leaders. So that that's kind of one of mine in that list. Yeah. And I I think along, right along with that would be something around, um, their own life with Jesus. So, you know, their personal soul care. It's kind of their own discipleship, maybe mm-hmm. something around that, maybe yeah. some practices there, or just an encouragement that they, mm-hmm. their group is not going to get very far or very deep if they're not engaged yeah. um, with God themselves. And that's yeah. always a good reminder. And that could be done quickly. Yep. So th- those are good. Um, those are good basic ones. Okay. So what about, um, I love that question. What do your leaders ask you most about? Um, and then turn those into the uh, kind of on-demand training. So what would be like, five that you would say right off the bat? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one, and this is kind of a, a generalized training that we do, but like we do one on pastoral care. Um, mm. and, and really like, what do I do when someone's in a crisis? What do I do? You know, how do I navigate these, these conversations? Like, how do I respond to these situations? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, our director of pastoral care actually, uh, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he has this kind of process about like, you know, ask them about what's going on. Um, mm. 
ask them what they would like to see as the result of, you know, as the result of, oh, of, cool. of kind of your conversation, whatever. Like, so it's not like we always jump to like, well, what can I do and how can I fix it? And what are the yeah. needs and all that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but by focusing more on just dialoguing with the person, um, mm-hmm. you know, you may, you may come to find like, you think this person needs, you know, $3,000 to pay their back rent and you find out, mm-hmm. nope, they really need $40 from you because they're going to move in with their parents and they mm-hmm. just need gas money. You know, like things like that. Like right. we sometimes go to a big solution when a, when a small solution we really can solve in the moment. Um, so pastoral care is a big one. Um, I do think, you know, childcare, honestly, like, I know it's a joke, but like, <laughs> see, you laughed you... at me, but now here you <laughs> are. No, but it's true. Like people have that question, like, what do I do? How do you know, how do we, how do we do this? That's honestly one. And we don't have this in our new leader training, but just talking it out with you now, I'm wondering like, if that's one we need to have that we somehow give to at least some potential leaders. Cause I think that's a big question people have maybe mm-hmm. to keep them from leading sometimes is, well, what about the kids and what do I do? So if you can kind of help them think through that, I think there are some people that might actually start leading who wouldn't otherwise. They're just like, Oh, we don't know. And then, you know, they don't, they don't take any steps forward. So, um, those are a couple. I mean, there's obviously, you know, like I said, any any question. What do I study next? Right, like that's I was the big say, one. That would be, yeah, that would be yeah. a top one too. Yeah. So talking people through just how do you, you know, how do you gauge your group and where they are spiritually and what they might need and mm-hmm. what their interests are and you know how polling the group with no guidance on like here's three potential studies <laughs> is a terrible idea because nobody has <laughs> yeah. every time you do that nobody has any idea what to study except one person who's convinced you need to study Revelation in depth for oh eighteen gosh, months. This- this just happened, uh, Revelation and Daniel, because with the pandemic, they just felt the need. And I was like, okay, how about maybe right now, maybe how to deal with anxiety or stress might be a good yeah. good one. And and I think talking about curriculum, not like what to study maybe mm-hmm. concretely for the video, because it's going to be static and, right. and staying on your website, but more the principles behind it, right. like the asking the question, where's how, how to identify where people are at spiritually in your group. So what mm-hmm. might be a good next step? I, I think that's a really helpful tool, maybe asking some questions. Um, so I think, yeah, those are some of the, the big ones. And of course, you know, the over talker on under talker, right. maybe um, stuff around group prayer. Yeah. There's probably some around that, some principles around that, that we could equip on in yeah. that forum. Yeah. Um, we do one um, on, it's called uh, making people feel welcome, wanted and at home. Uh, oh. We talk about um, kind of hospitality yeah. and refrigerator rights um, mm. and just how, you know, how do you create that kind of environment, which again, I don't know that that's always a felt need exactly, but I feel like it's a really important topic. Yeah. Um, and it, it sometimes maybe addresses when you've got people who like, Oh, nobody showed up to my group or nobody stays at my, you know, they came and they like, okay, well, how do you, how do you create an environment people want to be in? So, uh, yeah. yeah. And that people coming back that inconsistent attendance, that's Mm -hmm. probably another one. How do, how do I get people to stick? Yeah. Um, and so that would be another one to talk about as well. And the hospitality on an online group format, it looks a little different as well because you have to be more directive. So that might be, um, one to adapt for this era, but those are really good. Okay. So the million dollar question, well, is that how do you get leaders to watch these videos? <laughs> what kind of accountability <laughs> tool? Is it a carrot? Yeah. Is it a stick? Do you yeah. send Amazon cards? What do you do to get people to watch them? So if you're talking about on-demand trainings, I mean, really, they they have to be relevant and insightful, right? Because people are mm. like, they're only going to put their time into it if it's worth their while. Um, they're not, you know, they're not going to go watch your videos. I mean, okay, your mom will watch your videos because she likes you. (laughs) 
but 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 most people in your congregation are not going to watch your videos because they like you. They're going to watch them because there there's something about them that draws them, which is usually going to be their their utility uh, to mm-hmm. to your leader. So you've got to hit the right topics and you've got to you got to do them well enough. Um, and you don't have to be like a great communicator, but like they need to be communicated well enough that it, it's not a slog just to get through a three minute video. Um, well, if it's, yeah, and the shortness, I think that's a yeah. key piece. If you're asking yeah. him to watch two and a half hours, that's one thing. But if you're asking him to watch five minutes, right. um, then that the bite size yeah. is is much more doable. Um, and then what about, like, do you set expectation? Like in regular, regular trainings, um, we would, you know, set the expectation that they're going to meet with a coach and they're going to have mm-hmm. conversations about where they're at spiritually and there's going to be some check-ins and whatnot. I feel like you could have build that in and say, after you watch this then we're going to talk about it yeah so they're building some accountability so they're they are going to watch it if they know they have to talk about it yeah so you can i mean you can do that through your coaching system right like you can provide that i wouldn't i wouldn't like hold the resources back and not give them to leaders except through their coaches <laughs> <hold it> hostage. <laughs> right i mean because you just you know somebody's like oh what do i do this person in my group right like well give them the resource but yeah i think right. having having coaches use them in their coaching meetings can be uh, a great way to encourage um, engagement with them. We haven't really done this, but like, you know, I, and I know it, so- it sounds dumb, but psychologically it works, right? Like the little like badges and accomplishment thing. So if you've got, <laughs> if you've got some kind of church database system or, mm. you know, uh, group on Facebook or something where you can provide some of this stuff, um, providing little, little accomplishment badges and rewards and different things um, can be a great thing. Uh, you know, for our new leader training for us, uh, basically, if you want the church to ever send you people, you have to complete mm. that. So, like, yeah. you can start a group, yeah. you can go grab 15 friends, have fun. But, like, if we're going to direct anybody your way, you're going to have to go through our onboarding process, which includes the which includes the training. Um, right. And we have it built into just, like, a form. So, there's, like, a video, and then there's a couple questions about the video, and then you go watch the next video and a couple questions. Um, there are, like, learning management systems that you can do, do more mm-hmm. with and even... You can even actually really know for sure if the person watched the video or not. Um, I kind of gauge that based on the questions. Like they answer the question like, we didn't talk about that at all. We didn't mention anything we did talk about. But like, so there are some more advanced systems you can use, but we just use a basic form tool to, to deliver that stuff. And then do you put the videos just on your church's website or do you ha- give them a code or do you do their Vimeo or what's your delivery format? So ours are all uploaded to YouTube um, or okay. Vimeo, uh, depending on what it is. Uh, and then basically like they're not... Um, they're not necessarily available, at least the new leader ones, they're not necessarily available on the website. I mean, you could find them, you know, you can search our Vimeo profile or whatever. Uh, but you just inquire about leading a group on our, our the groups page of our website. Um, and that starts you in kind of a, a drip campaign, an email drip campaign. Um, and okay. so you get an email with, you know, some information on leading and a link to that training. Oh, and that's then, great. Yeah, you get kind of follow ups on that um, as the as the process goes along. So that's kind of yeah, that'd be good it. to automate. Yeah. yeah, but you but they camp out on your YouTube page, which means um, yeah. anyone can see them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, uh, Will, would you make them available and we'll put them in the show notes so we can see maybe some of the new leader stuff as well as your ongoing stuff. I actually looked it up um, and I saw one where a very young Will Johnston did a walk through his living room and his refrigerator and did a, it was kind of high quality because you actually had movement. It wasn't a talking Uh head um, and you talked about different things and I was like, Wait, this does not look like uh, Orange County. So I realized this must have been back in your DC days. Yes, yes, that video is like a decade plus old now. Um, 
you know, it's funny. I, st- I still use it at, at Eastside actually, because like it was pretty well, and I don't look anything yes. like that anymore, but <laughs> it, it was pretty well done. The production quality was a little higher. Um, and so it was like, oh, it's got all the content. It also has a phone in it because it's so old. So, you know, it, it's starting to look it's, a little dated. The phone, but, the phone is the dead giveaway. Yeah, um, it really is. But- if, because if, but you have a really good point with this and make sure you keep your phone next to you in case mm-hmm. there have you know people have trouble finding you but content wise it was so solid um <laughs> and i just i just got a kick out of it knowing you and going huh wow we'll did this a while ago and yeah. it still works and i think to kind of uh, you know emphasize again what you said earlier it doesn't have to necessarily be pretty and mm-hmm. production wise fantastic but um i think you can do it simple yeah. Um, and make it useful yeah. and we get so caught up and that's why I didn't do it for years because I just wanted it to be like this fabulous thing on par with so much other stuff we do. Um, and we just didn't have the resources for it and I didn't have the time to make it that, mm-hmm. but now I have to make something. So now I'm like, okay, this I'm going for the good enough principle now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of make this distinction between like internal and external communications. And so, you know, when, when you have a, a something you're showing at a staff meeting, right? Like, you, you might just play a YouTube clip if it illustrates your point at a staff meeting, you're mm-hmm. doing a training, you, you don't necessarily spend $3,000, you know, hiring a small production company to go do it. But your weekend services, you want to make sure that stuff's yeah. a little better. It's the same thing. Right. Leaders, it's kind of internal communication. It's just these are the people on my team. They're small group leaders. Here's some here's some information they need. Yeah. So final question for you. So having done this for a decade, is there anything you would do differently if you were brand new and doing it, creating it now? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, there is. Um, you know, I, I've actually had the opportunity to, to do this a couple of times now. You know, we, we built something at, when I was at National Community Church and, and then we kind of rebuilt it a little bit uh, a, a few years later and kind of made some edits and adjustments and stuff. And then coming to east side you know kind of kind of totally relaunched the small group ministry and so had the opportunity to to redo it and we've honestly rewritten it once even um since then and so uh some of the things i've learned is shorter is better um Mm -hmm. so again covering the things that people like need to know when they need to know them don't try to explain everything to people up front um and don't don't get super long-winded and do a 20-minute training on what you do about (laughs) the long talker because people are going to zone out seven minutes in. If, you if become you the long out. talker in that training. <laughs> That's ironic. I didn't think about that. You are correct. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but just doing it is better than doing it pretty. And we just talked about that, but like, that's mm-hmm. the other thing is just get it done. Like, don't like you can, you can always upgrade it later. You can change it later. You've got the framework built out. You've got your topics figured out. In fact, I would even say like, it would be better to do a rougher version up front that didn't require as many resources Rather than do put a whole bunch into something and then six months later go, yeah, oh, there's six things we need to change, but we just <laughs> spent a bunch of time and money. Like, do a quick yeah. and dirty version and then like, oh, here's what works, here's what doesn't, then get your fancy thing if you want to do that. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah, just experiment with it a little bit first yeah. Uh, yeah. for your internal audience. All right. So on a personal note, Will, um, what is a challenge that you're wrestling with currently in your ministry? Um, and then what are you personally excited about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, challenge in ministry right now is an interesting time to ask that question because I think <laughs> yes. there's so many challenges in ministry. Uh, there, so there's a couple. Uh, one is, you know, I I uh, lead a team of people, and um, what that looks like in an environment when I'm never physically with them, yeah, uh, is it's just a challenge. And and I I mean, you know, we're navigating it and we're figuring it out. Um, I have very little like 
a very little insight into how busy people are, which is a little bit of a challenge. Like, I don't know if I'm giving mm-hmm. somebody another project and they're already tearing their hair out. Um, mm-hmm. or if they're like, I, I wish I had more to do, like I'm bored. I'm just sitting here, you know? Um, so I, I, I obviously keep open lines of communication and, and, you know, to right. talk about that stuff, but it's not the same as like, you see the it's person and you can just see they're in a thousand meetings or they're kind of just right. whittling about, you know, wandering around the office. Um, so that's one, uh, you know, honestly, like we, we, we had some pretty good momentum with online small groups when we first went online, we, we lost mm-hmm. some, um, in the, in the transition certainly, but we also launched some more. And, um, so, so not, I mean, our numbers went down from what they were, but, but they were still pretty good. And I felt pretty good about them. I, I feel like I, like we've lost a lot of that momentum. Um, yeah. You know, Zoom screen fatigue, Zoom fatigue, all that, yeah. all that stuff is real. I'm so comforted to hear you say that because that's <laughs> that's kind of been our trajectory. And actually, on a Facebook group for Small Group Network, um, there was a really good discussion where a lot of people chimed in that this was kind of the trend line we were seeing, and now we're kind of figuring out how do we re-energize and and reboot those groups. Yeah, yeah, I need to check that out because I that's something I need to figure out for for us so you can get your own podcast and then you can make it um cover topics that you need advice about that's what, this is working out so well for me <laughs> that's what i need to do yeah no, well and so even just myself you think about like things that i'm you know that i'm wrestling with like this is more of a personal thing than a ministry thing but like i, I just i it, it i think it helps giving me some insight into into some other people in our church and, and some of our leaders right like so i'm tired of zoom and i don't really want to meet with my small group on zoom my small group has actually started meeting in person again and we're meeting outside and you know, we yeah, sit at the end of a same, 10 foot yeah. table and, you know, all that. But like at this point, most of when, when my own group went online, most people dropped out pretty quickly. Like we went from, mm-hmm. you know, 14 to 16 a weekend to within, within about five weeks, there were four of us every weekend yeah. or every week. Yeah. Um, and, and now like, it's just that one other couple that's coming over on Tuesdays. And like, frankly, I don't want a bunch of new people that I don't know. Yes. haven't met before coming yeah. over my house right now. And right, so like, right. How do, how do I create environments for new people to connect when I don't want to meet online personally? Like I don't want to meet online and I don't, I don't want to have people I don't know come to my house. So like, mm-hmm. exactly. what, what does that mean for how other people get connected? So yeah, I don't have an answer and I should, you know, be more like Jesus and be like, come all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I'm like, no, go to somebody else's house. <laughs> I love that honesty. Yes. Um, that's why I have had this exact conversation with our executive pastor. And I said, this is where I'm at with it. And I'm guessing um, our congregation, especially as, and we also have a lot of older people. Yeah. Um, so that's a very legitimate concern. And we, we can't offer childcare. So all of that. Um, so we're figuring that we're just gonna, going to do online for the next um, season. And we're in California, yeah. so we really don't have much of a choice anyway. <laughs> um, and then we'll take it, take it maybe a little bit at a time. We're calling it our next normal, hmm. um, not necessarily a new normal. I think it's our next normal on our way to the new normal, yeah. which God willing will be here sooner than later. Yeah. Um, so, well, thank you so much. Um, I know Will is uh, an active part of our small group network. Um, network huddle in Orange County. And you can also interact with Will. He's on our Facebook small group um, page and he'll respond mm-hmm. to that. You can message him on that. Is there any other way that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, they can always just shoot me an email, wjohnson, com. Shoot me an email there and always happy to, always happy to chat and have a, you know, have a phone call or a Zoom meeting or whatever. And yeah, love hearing what other churches are doing, other people are doing and the stuff yeah. they figured out that I haven't. So 
And we'll link um, his video um, if you want to see what a flip phone looks like back in the day. <laughs> um, but the content, though, if you just want to copy it, I was like, wow, I can just kind of show this to my um, camera guy and say that let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely. Will is incredibly generous with his stuff. So if you want to take any of his things and adapt and make it your own, he always has said that would be Please great um, in serving the big church. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Great talking to you, Carolyn. I know, always. Um, I love, so appreciate you. So God bless you and your ministry. And thank you all for listening to Here to There. And until next time, remember, we are better together. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Here to There. And thank you to Will Johnson for being an amazing guest, as always. Now, before we go, let's talk about huddles. Huddles are small groups for small group point people, and it's also a great way for you to find other small group point people around your area. You can meet together at your church, you can meet for coffee, you can meet for lunch, whatever it is, it's a great way for you to connect. Make sure you visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash huddles to find one in your area. I promise you, you won't regret it. And thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.